O Comforter, to Thee we cry, Thou heavenly gift of God most high, Thou font of life and fire of love, and sweet anointing from Father, through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, that we might learn from Blessed Giorgio, uh, Pier Giorgio Versati, uh, from his life, from his love, from all that could help us attract people to you as he did so beautifully. We ask this through the same Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, Pray for us. Holy Father Dominic, Pray for us. Blessed Pierre Giorgio Fersati, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, icon of Pierre Giorgio right here, uh, and uh, we're going to bless it at the end of this talk. Um, so you can look at that, our modern saint, our modern uh, blessed. Uh, Pierre Giorgio was born April the 6th in 1901, and he had a very short life. Uh, he died on the 4th of July uh, in 1925. Pope John Paul II called him a modern St. Francis, and in many ways we can see uh, parallels between his life and that of St. Francis. Born into a wealthy family, as was St. Francis, but a somewhat dysfunctional family, as indeed at times people find themselves today in dysfunctional families. The father uh, was very liberal in the uh, sense of the word of the uh, uh, turn of the century. Uh, uh, Italy, uh, very um, anti-clerical, very anti-church, um, an agnostic, wasn't sure that God existed or not, uh, a member of the Masons, uh, and he ruled his family with an iron fist. Uh, important person, uh, he was editor of the liberal paper La Stampa, uh, he was uh, a senator of Italy, and he was sent as Italy's uh, ambassador to Germany. Interestingly enough, when Pier Giorgio was a child, uh, adolescent, in Germany, uh, he met at that time the young Karl Rahner, which is kind of interesting little fact. Now, uh, his mother was an artist, uh, but uh, she was uh, very strict with him, uh, nervous. She was a believer, a practicing Catholic, uh, but she did just what she had to do, uh, and there was no joy in it. Uh, her Catholicism uh, was uh, strict, uh, but there was no enthusiasm in her faith. Um, and even though the father ruled his family very patriarchally, nonetheless, he played games with Pier Giorgio. So that was a human touch uh, from his father. 
Interestingly enough, the one who helped raise him and was really good to him uh, was the gardener and the gardener's wife, his family. The gardener was friendly and jovial. He was the only one who didn't put Pierre Giorgio down. You know, who's the only one who encouraged him, who affirmed him uh, uh, growing up uh, into adolescence, into young manhood, uh, etc. Both him and his uh, sister, Luciana, their real family, so to speak, was with the gardener and his family. Um, while he was at school, he was thought dumb and backwards. He flunked Latin. Um, interestingly enough, when he went to a Jesuit school, he did well, probably because some of the Jesuit fathers took an interest in him, etc. And even though their school might have been strict, nonetheless, there was a, the, personal, uh, the personal touch. Uh, at the university, he studied engineering and mining. He founded a Catholic social action club um, at that time, which was very much for the um, teaching of the church, uh, especially uh, uh, social uh, action, the church's social, social teaching evolved, etc. Uh, he was on the forefront uh, of that, um, and very much against the budding fascists under Mussolini. So he was a, a counter uh, action, he and his Catholic friends. Interestingly enough, he wanted to be a lay missionary here to the United States. It's too bad it never happened. We could have used him, it seems to me. Um, his advocation was mountain climbing. Uh, he said, every day my love of the mountain grows more and more. And if my studies permitted, permitted it, I'd spend the whole, whole days climbing the mountains, contemplating the Creator's greatness in that pure air. Um, not the last time I was in Rome, but the time before that, um, we were involved in the uh, youth movement, uh, Youth 2000, which is a movement uh, uh, to bring young people to Eucharistic adoration. And we had a holy hour uh, in, in Sant'Agnese in Rome, and his two nieces were there. And uh, the Blessed Sacrament was exposed on the altar, and underneath the altar was the pickaxe he used in uh, climbing up the mountain uh, and uh, the ropes that he used, sort of uh, mountaineering relics of Pier Giorgio Versati, etc. He loved uh, Dante. He often declaimed his cantos. Uh, my Italian is very bad. I got enough to get by in Rome. But um, they say that Italian, in some ways, hasn't changed all of that much from uh, Dante's time. That you can under modern, if you understand modern Italian, you can understand uh, Dante. But there's a, a musical quality to it. He loved to uh, declaim this, to recite. Uh, the cantos out loud uh, for the meaning, but also for the musical quality. Uh, he loved Shakespeare's beer and uh, the German Goethe. Uh, I suspect he picked up some Germany when he was uh, with his father, the ambassador in Germany, etc. He was a lay Dominican. Um, 
happy to be a part of the family of St. Dominic, of which Dante said, take note, all of you, you grow fat if you do not rave. Well, he meant by raving, preaching the truth. And if you don't preach the truth, you just get fat and lazy. That's what Dante said anyway. Interestingly enough, he took the name in the third order, Girolamo, after Savonarola, uh, burned at the stake by order of the Pope, but with the Medici's uh, connivance. Um, but he, many of us think that Savonarola was a saint, as did uh, Catherine de Ricci and Philip Neri, uh, etc. Uh, he said of Savonarola, who died at the stake as a social democrat, Catholic uh, democrat, and as a saint. So anyway, we accept whatever the church says, but uh, it hasn't been pronounced on. Uh, and one could argue that that pope was unduly influenced by the Medici. Um, may I imitate him, Savonarola, in the study of the struggle, in the struggle for virtue. He carried the letters of St. Paul with him, young Pier Giorgio Versati, as did St. Dominic. And his favorite gospel was St. Matthew, not surprising, etc., uh, and the Psalms. And he had great influence over his friends. He was so attractive that people were drawn to him. Uh, he created a collective group uh, of friends who were close to him. They called themselves uh, the Riffraff Club. They were kind of, they, oh, another nickname was for them, the Shady Characters. And obviously they were not up to uh, doing uh, any seriously wrong sinning, but they were somewhat mischievous as youth often are. And uh, so he had this group of very lively, uh, fun-loving uh, friends. Um, his last days uh, show how selfless he was. Uh, he was dying uh, from polio, uh, poliomyelitis, uh, and he didn't really completely know this, but attention was diverted from that because his uh, mother's mother was in the house, his grandmother, and she was dying. Uh, and he didn't want to take away any attention uh, from her. Even though uh, he was vomiting and had a high temperature, he walked to church to get the priest for his grandmother, who died on the 1st of July. His mother, not realizing how ill he was, was upset that he wasn't more helpful. Um, but he kept in the background not to disturb uh, any equilibrium in the house. Um, his mother and father lived in great tension, uh, often at the dinner table. Uh, there was great silence, great tense silence. But Pier Giorgio Versati loved both of them, and he always tried uh, to somehow break the ice or somehow not never to do anything that would put a strain on either of them or on their marriage. He knew. He just, I suppose, intuited how troubled their marriage was, and he did everything to try to, uh, to try to save that. Um, anyway, um, he couldn't go to his grandmother's funeral 
because by then he was paralyzed from the waist down. On Friday, which was his day, uh, to go to the poor. He uh, traveled, uh, when I first went to Rome to study, you could travel third class on the train or on the trolleys, et cetera. And then there was second class and there was first class. Now I think it's just one, but anyway. Uh, I guess in the trains there's a difference between first and second class. But um, he deliberately traveled, the, traveled around the city in the cheapest possible way to save as much money as he could uh, to give to the poor. He often gave away his clothing uh, to the poor. He would visit, he knew where all the poor were in the city, uh, and he would visit them perhaps late at night and drop off clothing or money uh, uh, to them, uh, etc. Uh, and he, he felt that working with the poor curbs our own passions. Any of the passions within us, not all passion is wrong, some passion is good, but any that is untoward, any that is uh, towards selfishness or greed or lust, etc., those passions, um, he felt working with the poor helped curb, uh, curb that. Um, so on... Uh, He prayed each day when he received Holy Communion that he would uh, have the money, that he would receive the money he needed that day uh, to give to the poor. Yeah. And he sent out, even as he was dying, he had some money and he sent it out uh, with his friends to distribute among the poor. Uh, on Friday, July the 4th, the Archbishop came, but he was forbidden entrance because of the polio. They knew what it was by then and it was contagious, so a priest came and heard his confession and anointed him and gave him Holy Communion. A priest with whom he had had differences of opinion before. So that's kind of interesting. Here's a saint uh, who didn't always get on with his priest. I'm sure he was deferential to him, uh, recognizing his office, but uh, to love the church, to love the priesthood, is not necessarily to agree with every priest that you meet. Except, of course, me. That's different. <laughs> um, he tried to read the life of St. Catherine on the 4th of July. Uh, he had a difficult con time concentrating. Uh, he loved her. He was envious of her because she actually spoke with Jesus, and Jesus spoke to her. And he kind of wished that something like that would happen to him. Uh, and he died on the 4th of July. Uh, the family were amazed at his funeral. Hordes of the poor came out to venerate him. They were his friends, he was their friend, etc. Uh, the little people, little old ladies, mothers and kids, one said, the best man in the world is dead. John Paul II called him a modern St. Francis, our brother in Dominican. Um, so it seems to me that there's uh, much in uh, Per Giorgio uh, that as Dominican laity uh, that we can emulate. Um, he had fun, he loved his friends, but he always tried to lead his friends uh, to something deeper. Um, 
He was happy being a part of the Order of St. Dominic. Um, he was faithful to his obligations. Uh, as prayer in those days, it, I think it would have been uh, parts of the divine office, but little, the little office of, our, of the Blessed Virgin, etc. He loved uh, praying the rosary. He loved praying uh, before the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, whenever he went off to the mountains, he always got up and went to early mass and received Holy Communion, uh, which in those days wasn't that common. Uh, uh, and he loved to pray before uh, before the tabernacle, uh, etc. Um, so the notion of fraternity, uh, community, as he lived it as a layperson, etc., which is what you're doing, etc. The love of study. He read the scriptures. Um, he loved. He loved to read Saint Catherine. Uh, he knew something of, of Dante, the, the most Christian of poets, uh, etc. And with all of this, he was very attractive uh, to people because of his love, love for the Lord Jesus. So he's a great uh, model uh, for us all. Now, uh, we have this lovely icon of Pier Giorgio Frassati, uh, someone we can relate to, dressed in uh, modern clothing, etc. And what we're going to do now uh, is bless this icon. Please stand. Let us call on the name of the Lord, saying, Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, Lord most merciful God, it is your wish that we are always mindful of your marvelous works. Grant that the things we behold with our eyes might move our minds to dwell on the signs of your mercy. For this we pray. Lord, you seek worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. Grant that with the aid of this icon of Pier Giorgio Versati, we may follow the way of devotion and truth. For this we pray. Through your Son, you have committed, uh, commanded us to pray without ceasing. Grant that steadfast prayer may help us to live pure and devout lives. For this we pray. In your church, you generously provide us with every means of holiness and salvation. Grant that whatever we receive through the ministry of the church, we may use for its upbringing and uh, for its upbringing. For this we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Blessed be your name, O Lord, for you are the font and source of every blessing, and you look with delight upon the devout practices of the faithful. Draw near, we pray, to your servants, and as they venerate this symbol, this icon of Pier Giorgio Frassati, of their faith and devotion, grant that they may also strive to be transformed into the likeness of Christ your Son, who lives and reigns with you forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Amen.